Hello, my friends, and welcome to worship for November 15th of 2020 for Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. I'm the pastor here, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so pleased that you're able to join us for worship this day. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather here in your presence, wherever we may be, knowing that your Holy Spirit surpasses time and distance to speak into our lives. So Lord, as we gather in your presence today to worship you and give our thanks and praise, we offer it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1 through 12. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through it he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned, condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out for a place that was to receive an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, whom had, who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars in heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and holy God, we thank you that your presence is among us here. That when we come and we worship in your, in your spirit, we are blessed by you. So Lord, as we meditate and listen and reflect on your word for us this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. This week we're going to finish up looking at prayer, which we've been doing for the last few weeks. So what have we looked at so far? We've looked at how prayer can be an act of praise and thanksgiving. We looked at how prayer changes everything when a believer prays. We looked at why it is we need to pray. 
And last week we looked at the reasons why God may not answer our prayers. This week we're going to look at why it might be that God delays in answering our prayers. Now, in my experience, do you know what aspect of people's lives they wish they could change the most? Do they wish they could be stronger or faster or smarter or wiser? I mean, these are all things that might be desirable to change in our lives. But the thing that people want to seem to change the most is that they wish they could be more patient. I'm sure many of you agree. In our prayer times, the things that can often get us into the most trouble is when we don't wait on God. We're not patient in waiting on God. Sometimes we might pray something and then go out and do whatever we were going to do anyway, which then leads us to believe that God didn't answer our prayer and wasn't going to answer our prayer. I can share with you that this is probably not the case. Sometimes, many times, maybe even most times, God will wait before answering our prayers. And today we're going to look at a few reasons why. In our Hearing God course, which is where we learn to, in our prayers, how to listen and hear the Word of God speaking to us, in that course we learn what it is God wants us to do, We learn how God wants us to do it. And just as importantly, we learn when. When is it God wants us to do what he's asking us to do? I mean, it's really all about God's timing. God's timing is the best timing. I mean, for thousands of years in the Old Testament, people were looking for the Messiah. There was prophesying, there was predictions of the Messiah. But God waited And finally, he sent Jesus into the world at that time. But why that time? It seems to be that's the time God chose. God said this is the right time to send the Messiah, the Savior, into the world. So what is happening when God makes us wait before he answers our prayers? One of the big reasons why God makes us wait is because he's actually working in us. That is, He's changing our desires. There are three kind of boundary markers which will tell us whether or not our prayers will be answered. And we can find them all in the Lord's Prayer. The first one is, it must glorify God. Hallowed be thy name. The second thing is, it must work to bring God's kingdom forward. You know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the third marker is that it must not ultimately hurt us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Those are the things that, if we can meet those three kind of requirements, it helps us be assured that our prayers will be answered. If we don't meet those requirements, our prayers will most likely not be answered. And then what might happen is we, if we keep praying, God will change our desires so that it's more about his will, his kingdom coming to this earth as it is in heaven. He will change our prayers even. For years I was praying for someone I know, praying they would leave their sinful life and come to know Jesus. 
I would, this wasn't an everyday prayer. Maybe every week, every couple of weeks, I would pray for my friend that God would bring someone into their life to teach them about Jesus. But nothing was happening. So I kept praying and praying and praying. And finally, one day, as I was praying for my friend, I heard God say to me, how do you treat this person? It was then that I realized God wanted to use me. God wanted me to be part of the answer to my own prayers. So now when I pray for my friend, I pray, God, how can you use me? How can I be Jesus to my friend? And then I seek his guidance in this relationship. You see, as I was praying, God was changing my desire, changing my heart. And then I could realize what it is God was trying to say to me all along. I now realize I was part of the problem. I already had an answer in my mind about how God should answer this prayer, how God should reach out to my friend. So I was praying rather specifically. In fact, you could say I was telling God what he needed to do. It wasn't until I stopped and listened that I heard God give me the instructions that he wanted to give me all along about what he really wanted to do. So that's also part of the problem why God waits to answer prayers, right? We don't realize that he wants to tell us. So God will actually wait until we sit and listen to him. Now, I'm a parent of teenage children. I know what it's like to try to tell someone how to do something. But they know what it's all about, and they don't listen to me because, you know, who am I but an old man? The fun part is when you see them realize they kind of have that light bulb moment about the way things should have been done. And so what do we usually do? Well, for me, I kind of sigh and say, well, just imagine if you had listened to me all along, things would have been different. You would have realized this long ago. So just imagine what it's like for God when he's got probably millions of people he would love to say those words to if you had just listened to me all along. When we learn to listen better, to put aside our own priorities, our own plans, and then we let God tell us what he wants to do. So God waits until we listen. Remember what it says in Matthew 4, 4. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but from the very word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes. Meaning, God does not stop speaking. His instructions never stop. He's always willing to talk to us, to guide us, to lead us, and teach us. So how do we do this? We do this by reading our Bibles and spending time in in quiet prayer listening. And the more often we do these things, the more we are able to hear God speak to us. We want that immediate satisfaction. We want that relief, that 
service right away, don't we? We want our coffee hot and our drive through moving fast. But what God wants us to do, God wants us to sit with him in the coffee shop, sipping slowly with him, chatting, sharing, and learning from him. That's really what God wants. So we've talked about being patient. We've talked about God changing our desires. We've talked about listening more carefully, more intently. But there is another reason why God doesn't answer our prayers right away. Now, I don't do a lot of puzzles. We pull one out every once in a while in our house. But what is the approach that we all take when we're putting together a puzzle? We, we work on the edges first, right? We get their, our boundaries lined up. And then we take the puzzle pieces and we stack them into little piles. You know, these ones look like they're sky, so they go over here. This one looks like it's the field, so it goes over here. This one looks like it's the, the cow, it, it goes over here. And from there, we work on those piles, right? Carefully putting the pieces together. And if someone is helping us, they might work on one of the other piles. We might work on the sky, they might work on the field. And as those little piles begin to take shape into part of the, the bigger picture, we can start to bring them together into the whole scene. Sometimes you might get your part of the puzzle done first. And so you're waiting to put it together with the other piles. But someone else is working on the other pile, so we wait until they're done their section. And then we can bring it together into the bigger scene. Sometimes God needs us to wait. He needs us to wait because while we're working on our part of the pile, he's working on something else that we can't see even. That is part of bringing the whole puzzle together. An example of this is uh, I was impatient at times when we were looking to buy a new manse for the church. The reason I was impatient is because we didn't feel safe where we were living and we needed to get out. We had small children. We couldn't stay there anymore. There were a couple of houses where uh, we looked at them and I thought, you know, this is good enough. Why don't, we just buy, why don't we just buy this one? But it never really worked out that way. Now what I didn't know is that we were praying about this and, 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 and looking at what felt like every house that was for sale on the north side. At that same time, and God was preparing someone to donate $40,000 to the church. At the same time, God was preparing a family to move out of their house, their home, so that the church could buy the right house at the right price. God made us wait because he was working on other pieces of the puzzle to provide a safe home for our family. So all the while, we were just praying that something would happen. Now, what if we're praying for the right thing, but our motives are for the wrong reason? One of my prayers for the church, and I hope it is for you as well, is that the church grows. A growing church is a good thing, is it not? We want more people in our church, no question. And I believe God wants more people in our church. But what is our reason for this prayer? 
Is it because we want more people to know about Jesus? Or is it that we want more people to help pay the bills? Now, I'm not saying that's our motivation, but I'm just trying to lift up an example of something that maybe we can relate to about how we're praying for the right thing, a growing church, but our motives are, are, are wrong. So as we persistently pray for a growing church, we need to let God speak back into us about what our motivations are to make sure they're good. Because if we're praying for people to help pay the bills, then God will most likely delay in answering that prayer because it's the wrong motives. And he'll make us wait until we realize what the true motives need to be. Which then goes back to God changing our desires while we pray. Faith, obedience, and prayer, they are inseparably linked. If we lack any of these, then our ability to follow Jesus will stumble, will struggle. Now, faith, faith is not a formula. There's no magic words we can put together in the right order in order so that we can have perfect faith. It's not about knowing the right Bible verses. It's not about getting what we want. Faith is like we read from Hebrews 11. In one verse we read, now faith is the assurance, and in verse 1 we read, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Throughout Hebrews 11, we see a number, we learn a number of things about what faith is. Faith is hoping in something even if we can't see it. We have the assurances there, the assurance that something is going to happen even if it cannot be seen or, or held. Similarly, Romans 8, 24 says, but hope that a seen is no hope, is, hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? Or in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not sight. So if we can't see it, how do we know we have it? Well, what we need to do is we need to rely on someone else who can see, someone who is reliable and trustworthy in areas of faith. And who knows more about faith than God? Having the true faith means we also need to be able to hear from God. What do we read about Noah in Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11:7 says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. In that one verse, we see the three aspects that we've been talking about. Faith, obedience, and prayer. Noah was faithful. In prayer, God gave Noah instructions on what to do, even though he's never seen a flood. He told him how to build the ark. Noah obeyed these commands and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Having faith to be obedient and prayerful, well, having faith is to be obedient and prayerful. It also means in our faith that we trust in God's promise. 
the Messiah was predicted in the Old Testament, that he would come for all the people. This was a promise of God. He would send someone to save the people. Now in Matthew chapter 9, there's a woman who is bleeding for 12 years, and she sought out Jesus in a crowd. She said to herself, if I can only just touch his garment, I will be made well. Finally, she got close enough to just very lightly touch the fringe of his clothing, and she was healed. This woman knew of the Old Testament promises this, there, there would be a Savior for all. She had heard about Jesus and what he was doing, how he was healing people and saving people, and believed that he could stop her bleeding. She put her faith and trust in that promise of a Savior who would come for all the people. And she put herself at risk by wandering into that crowd who would have been somewhat hostile toward an unclean woman. And she was healed. She had great faith in the Savior who was promised long before Jesus put foot on this world. Faith, obedience, and prayer, all three working together to turn the Christian into a child of God. We trust God, we listen to God, then we act on his instructions. This is how prayer changes everything. This is how God changes the world. This is how God changes the world by bringing his kingdom to this earth as it is in heaven. This is how God changes our lives as we seek to become citizens, not just of this world, but of the world God has in store for all who love and follow him. This is the life that gives glory to God. In Luke chapter 17, the disciples ask Jesus to increase their faith. This is how Jesus responds in Luke 17, verse 8, starting in verse 8. If you had the faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him, he who has come in from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and later on you can eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Now, at first glance, the response that Jesus gives seems rather harsh. The disciples at this time, they're, they're struggling with some of the teachings Jesus has given them. And in particular, in this passage, the radical act of forgiveness that Jesus has commanded of them. They are struggling. And that's what led to this discussion. By telling the disciples about the servant, he's telling them they already have what they need to know. Jesus has given them enough commands to follow that, you know, if they follow these commands, they will have enough faith. So instead of complaining about have, needing more faith, what they should be saying is, yes, sir, we will do as you say. 
The same goes for us today. When we hear from God, we need to be ready to accept and obey what he has given us. This is the way we show our faith. In Hebrews 11, 6, we read, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God rewarded Noah for his faith and obedience. The same goes for Abraham and Moses, Daniel and David, and many others in the Bible, and the untold numbers of people over the last 2,000 years. So what is prayer? Prayer is, a de- is developing a commitment to spend time with God, talking with Him about our cares and our concerns, but also to take the time to see and listen to what He has to say to us. Prayer is growing in our faith, deepening our trust, and relying on God to guide us through the challenges of life here on this earth. Faith, obedience, and prayer, all three work together to bring the glory of our Father who is in heaven as he seeks to restore the earth and bring his kingdom near. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, we gather here in your presence today, seeking your blessing upon us. We just give you thanks for the so many blessings of life. We give you thanks for our, thanks for our church family, for our friends, for our neighbors, for your gift of life to us. And God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we pray for the concerns of our hearts. We pray for the ongoing election drama in the United States, God. We pray that you will lift up and bring together this nation and bring healing and unity and a peaceful transition to the new president. Lord, we pray for our own nation and the struggles that our governments face with trying to lead the nation through this pandemic. And Lord, we pray for the healing of our nation from sickness like COVID-19, from sickness that is brought on by inadequate living conditions, where, for instance, we pray for our First Nations communities that do not have, do not have clean water, for people who are subject to the atrocities of racism, for the people who suffer uh, from addictions. We pray for people who are hungry and don't have access to, to suitable foods. We pray for those who are cold, who, who do not have warm homes to sleep and rest in. God, we pray for so many things. But God, we also take time to stop and, and we seek and listen for your direction and voice for us, your guidance. Lord, may you speak to our hearts today as to how the church, how we as your followers, your disciples, your children can be an answer to prayer. Lord, as we pray for those we love, for family and for friends, for, for all who are around us in our streets, 
for our neighbors both near and around the world, God, we pray and lift them up to you. And Lord, we know that if you will use us, and you will, that we will respond in kind to the instructions you give to us when we seek your wisdom. Lord, we lift all of this up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.